0: We're listening to Good on the Ground. Good
1: on the Ground. Good on the Ground. Good on the Ground. Good
0: on the Ground. You're listening to Good on the Ground from the Story Exchange. I'm Colleen Dubese. And I'm Sue Williams. If you're like us, you may want to give up listening to the news. Oh, it's so
1: negative. It's depressing.
0: Toxic. Fortunately, we're here to help. We're here to share more stories of female entrepreneurs who are using the power of business to make the world a better place. Especially the one in today's podcast. That's right. We headed down to Virginia, the birthplace of our nation, the mother of presidents, the state right next to Washington, D.C.
1: To talk to a former lieutenant colonel in the U.S. military.
2: My name's Diana Flett. I am the CEO and founder of the Girl Smarts Group here in Virginia.
0: Diana's company is helping young girls build self-confidence, self-esteem, and the skills to become leaders.
1: Which, right now, in the light of all the sexual misconduct we're hearing about, and the Me Too movement, makes Diana's story more important than ever.
0: We'll talk to this decorated Army veteran about what inspired her to start Girl
1: Smarts. And how she plans to spread her message of empowerment. Don't go away. So you have really kind
2: of gone through the whole process of developing a sense of being a confident, capable leader. How many of you want to be leaders? That's Diana Flat. Okay, so I'll ask you.
0: What do you think is more important, being light or being a leader? She's Raise speaking to a classroom full light. of girls at Rock Hill Elementary okay. in Stafford, Sorry? Virginia.
2: Can oh, can you vote twice? Do you think both are pretty important? Yeah. Okay. So- Girl Smarts is a series of workshops that works to empower fourth and fifth grade girls with strategies and skills so when they go into more stressful situations in middle school, they have tools in their toolkit that they can reach into to navigate
0: those challenges. Something to point out before we get too far into this podcast is that Diana is the mom of four boys.
1: Four boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she also spent 20 years of military intelligence, but somehow four sons sounds far more challenging.
1: It was actually one of the sons who prompted Diana to start Girl Smarts.
2: When my boys... We're in middle school. My number two son, Sam, came home, and he was really disturbed by the crash and confidence that he saw his female friends experiencing. That's when he said to me flat out, Mom, you need to do something.
0: That was back in 2009. At the time, Diana had retired from active duty and was teaching
1: leadership training at... The Federal Bureau of Investigation. That's right, the FBI. She listened to what Sam, then just 11, had to say about his friends who were girls.
2: He thought that they were making bad decisions. He didn't like the idea that some of them were experimenting in um, alcohol and drug use.
0: And some of the girls at such a young age were putting themselves in risky sexual situations.
2: And these were girls that I knew that they were brilliant, beautiful, world at their feet kind of girls.
1: She started investigating why this was happening.
2: As I went through my research of what was happening with the girls emotionally, I found statistics that said that a girl's self-confidence peaks when she's nine years old. So I wanted to get into that decision cycle.
1: Just nine years
0: old? I mean, Mm. that's so young. Yeah. Dinah felt that much of the core leadership training that she was teaching at the FBI could be applied to young girls.
2: You know, the Army takes building leaders pretty seriously. How to communicate effectively how to delegate effectively, how to use their
1: imagination. Those skills, she realized, could be taught to girls at an early age.
0: Diana spoke with a counselor at her son's elementary school about presenting a series of confidence-building workshops to girls in 4th and 5th grade.
2: She was all for the idea. She was on the ground seeing what girls were going through.
0: So Diana began designing a curriculum.
1: Combining straight talk and fun activities. All
2: right, so in your group, I want you to identify the primary leader that's going to come up and talk to me. We only had four workshops when we first started. We had 24 girls. It was only open to fifth graders at that point. And then the idea just took off. And then as more and more schools started to hear about it, more and more schools wanted the program to come into their schools.
1: After the second year...
2: I was in already four schools just by word of mouth.
0: She knew she was on to something.
2: And at that point, I had to kind of come to the realization that I was either going to devote myself to this opportunity, or I was going to have to start to pursue the financial realities of having four children that needed to go through college.
0: With the support of her husband, Steve, she decided to build Girl Smarts. More on that in just a bit.
1: The Story Exchange is a nonprofit media company dedicated to women who mean business. Check out our videos, including a profile of the entrepreneur you're listening to right now at www.thestoryexchange.org. So, let's get back to Diana Flatt. We really should talk more about her time in the military. Definitely.
0: It's really an important piece of this story. Diana is a combat veteran who has won many awards, including a bronze star for her service during the Gulf War. She comes from a
1: bit of a military family.
2: My uncle was in the Army. My father had served in World War II, and I was comfortable with the concept of actually entering service to the country.
0: She's also
1: the first in her family to go to college, which was a decision that her parents weren't particularly involved in.
2: It was really outside of their comfort zone, and I knew we didn't have the money to actually put me through college. So I went through the process of applying for a four-year ROTC scholarship.
1: That's the Reserve Officer Training Corps.
0: Diana went to Rutgers University in New Jersey.
2: I went to the summer camp at Fort Knox, then I was sent to um, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, to train on tactical intelligence opportunities.
1: She was 19.
2: I was drawn toward military intelligence, especially with a political science background.
0: She graduated in 1981
1: as a second lieutenant. The next year, she began active duty in Europe.
2: The reality in the 1980s was that women were coming into a lot of different roles that they hadn't experienced before. We were all pushing to stand up for ourselves. And we were really the experimental group of women coming in to actively train side by side with the men and to pursue military roles from an equality um, perspective.
0: Sue, you interviewed Diana on camera for our video profile. I know you asked her specifically about harassment. I did. Let's listen to our
1: exchange. I do think that being a woman in the military has something to do with what you do now. Right, um, those right. experiences, right. so I do want to touch on a few of them.
2: Sure. they were definitely people that wanted to challenge you, and I had one uh, non-commissioned officer the first time I met him told me that his goal while I was his supervisor was to make me cry. And every chance he had, he would push my buttons to see if he could break me. And um, it was a g- good learning lesson for me to kind of learn to keep my composure, to not back down when I knew something was right, and to really pursue standing up for myself. And so he actually supported me and made me stronger and never made me cry.
1: Does he know that?
0: Nope. (laughs) You know, maybe it's her military training, but she's so amazingly straightforward about that experience.
1: Yeah, when you meet Diana in person, you get the sense right away that she was a formidable lieutenant colonel. And yet there's clearly a warmth and a softness to her. It makes for a very good combination, especially for her work with these young girls. I really saw it when she remembered how her son prompted her to start the workshops.
2: Okay, give me a second to get myself to get... <laughs> that's, that's, uh, well, there's the pattern behind the girls' smarts, right? It is. It is, and and um, these girls are so incredible. So, all right, got to get through this, or else I'm going to be a wuss. The rest of them. Don't
1: worry about being a wuss. <laughs> Do you have to be <laughs> next
2: down here? I'll uh, just just paper to toilet, yeah, toilet paper, maybe, <laughs> in the bathroom. You better not put this on there. (laughs) It'll blow my whole army thing.
0: (laughs) How many of you have been to every single workshop over the last two years? Good. So we haven't really talked yet about how Diana is building this company.
1: And it is a company. She has chosen to incorporate as a Mm for-profit.
0: Yeah, rather than a 501c3, which is your classic nonprofit. I don't
2: love the idea of being an empowerment program that has to ask for money. You know I want to have the opportunity to be empowered by having a product that's so good that people want the
0: product. And right now, that product is Anybody the Girls Smarts program., All right,
2: good. Let's go get them: girls.
1: which Diana believes is truly valuable.:
2: I'm here to tell you there's about 3,000 girls that have gone through that would agree with me, and a bunch of parents that I suspect would tell you that this was a good thing for their girls to experience.:
1: The program is tuition-based, although it's reasonably priced, and parents generally pay less than $100 for a five-part workshop series.
2: Honestly, the business side of this is not the driver for me personally.
1: And
0: revenue is indeed on the low side.
2: So in 2016, after I paid all of the instructors and all the supplies and everything, the Girl Smarts group made about $5,000.
1: But what's important to Diana is that the program is self-sustaining
0: like a lot of the entrepreneurs we interview, Diana is in a special financial situation as a retired military officer. I'm very
2: thankful that I have a pension. My husband has a pension, and he also has a very good job. Truly, this is the kind of business that needs to be driven by your heart. I just made something on my own. <laughs> Take credit for it, girl. Yeah good all right, give it up, give her props.
1: <laughs> she and her husband self financed Girl Smarts to get the program off the ground.
2: My husband and I put the initial baseline money into it.
0: And they've reinvested any profits.
2: The program is a pretty low-cost program, and I've kept it purposely low-cost because I want to make sure that every girl can afford an opportunity to attend the program.
1: But there's a lot of potential for scaling this program.
2: Yes, if I were to franchise the um, program, if you run summer workshops, if you run um, school workshops, if you run after-hours workshops, I mean, a public speaking Girl Smarts workshop for middle school girls would be phenomenal. So there's lots of opportunities to that end. Keep that strong handshake when you go out to meet somebody. Show them that you're there and that you mean business.
0: I recently called Diana to get an update. She just had another 500 girls go through the Girl Smarts program. She now has five paid instructors and more than 20 schools signed up. Plus, she's launching summer camps.
2: I think that if the program is good and people see the value in it, like I do, that the program will be successful.
1: Diana's really a remarkable woman. And she's winning more awards.
0: Yep, she sure is. Though this time, not for military service, but for the work she's doing with girls. She was a finalist in 2017 for a Clara de Hirsch Award for Extraordinary Women.
2: When you can teach a girl how to say no and stand up against something that she doesn't want to experience, then you really have given them an opportunity to take control of who they are. Woo, go girl. Go girl. Go
1: girl. <laughs> we thank Diana for sharing her story with us. You've been listening to Good on the Ground from the Story Exchange.
2: So that's why I consider this business to be a continuation of my selfless service. Um, You know, 21 years in the Army and now, doggone it.
1: I'm just wondering, how do you survive 25 years in the military when you're this emotional? It crashed after my first baby.
2: (laughs) Honestly, I went from standing up face to face, toe to toe with men and tearing into them to looking at an Ajax commercial and crying while I was watching the Ajax commercial because the floor was so pretty.
1: Join us next time to hear more stories about innovative and inspirational women doing the things you'd never dream of, or maybe you would. This has been the Story Exchange.
0: If you like this podcast, please share on social media or post a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. And visit our website at thestoryexchange.org, where you'll find news, videos, and tips for women entrepreneurs. Sound editing provided by Nusha Balian. Interview recorded by Sam Shin. Executive producers are Sue Williams and Victoria Wong.